As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply face so that he would be permanently red. Oh, we're live right now. I just yep. can't believe yeah, that he like, just chopped his nose off. So. <laughs> Tanae goes, you know what we should talk about this in the show? Aaron's like, okay, show like, now. <laughs> well, welcome to another uh, episode of The Critic, The Geek, and The Girl. Uh, I'm The Critic. My name is Aaron, and uh, joining us is Captain Logan. He's The Geek. Hi there. And, and of course, Tanae Hughes, she's The Girl. What's up? I'm posting on Facebook about a show. Give me one second. Oh, you're posting. So you're yeah. supposed to be up before 3 o'clock today. The show goes live at 3. It's still 3. Oh, it's 3.03. Dig it. It doesn't matter what we were in the middle of talking about. So we need to make sure every week to synchronize our watches. <laughs> well, while Danae is uh, posting to Facebook, we should mention if you are joining us live, first of all, thank you. Uh, there should be a link if you're not at the event page. If you want to go there, there's some cool features that you can do there that aren't necessarily available on the YouTube page, uh, which include uh, instant feedback during the show. You can give a thumbs up or a thumbs down during the show uh, to different things that are happening, uh, as well as the uh, things we may be talking about will be kind of on the side uh, in some links uh, if we put them up there. And then, of course, also Q&A. If you have any questions you want to ask us, you can ask them there in the Q&A and uh, we'll make sure we keep that up and available to check out in case anybody's got a question. Can we uh, just take a moment and say props on the little Critic Geek and the Girl setup that you did, Aaron, the, the visual. Yeah, well done. Yeah, that was cool. That Bravo. Was cool. Yeah, I, I, um, I did some Photoshop skills on that. Uh, yeah, you did. I, Cap, I, found, I found a picture of you, Cap, uh, on, uh, I don't know, online somewhere. <laughs> and, then, and then I photoshopped your head out of one and then your t-shirt out of another and combined the two. Did you really? That's he awesome. did. <laughs> All you had to do was send me a message and be like, can you give me a picture of you wearing this t-shirt? But no, he went the extra mile. He's like, I don't know. I don't know if I can get Captain Logan on short notice to go get a t-shirt out of his closet. He was working on it when I was over. We were doing the radio show, and he was like, and then I had to change the lighting so it matched more like the lighting from our pictures. And he, like, took part of your collar and moved it this way and this way. It was really amazing. Wow. I'm mm -hmm. flattered. I'm flattered that you spent that long staring at my mug. <laughs> hey, man. It's a pleasure, man. It's my pleasure. <laughs> All right, so we've got uh, several things we want to get to today, and we want to do it in an hour. And so we were going to get into that. Uh, how are things going, though, first? Let's catch up just a little bit before we kind of get into the nitty-gritty. Like, any stories, anything going on in your life you want to share with the, the audience at large? Uh, I'm nearly finished with uh, with with the Midwestern panels, uh, my documentary about comic book stores across the Midwest. Uh, yeah, talk I a little bit about that. In case in case people don't know what that is, you, you went and visited a bunch of different comic stores and kind of did a documentary. So, so just talk a little bit about that. 
Yeah, so last June, uh, I took a crew across the Midwest, uh, me and Vince and Brandon and uh, a friend of ours, uh, Dan, he was our uh, director of photography. We went across the Midwest, 2,000 miles uh, around from uh, Kansas City. We went to Nebraska. We went, uh, we're in Kansas City, but we started here. We did a couple stores out here, and then we, we went to Nebraska, and we did a bunch of stores in Iowa. We, did, we went to Minnesota. Uh, we went all over, and we did uh, 10 different comic book stores just to uh, see kind of what the state of... Uh, geek and comic book culture is like right now and how stores are combating digital and we wanted to get into the, uh, the kind of the nitty-gritty of what the uh, of, of what that industry is like right now um, especially with this popular superhero movies are and, and stuff like right now and just how mainstream has it gotten and uh, so kind of uh, you'll look at the industry through the eyes of the folks that sell it and we also talk to customers and things like that and uh, anyway I just finally finished uh, a rough draft about a week ago, and I'm I'm I, I'm I'm or a rough cut, and I just did a second cut uh, this week, and so I'm almost ready to uh, take it to print, and um, I'm getting all the materials together to uh, do my own distribution. Um, I'm going to be doing everything myself, and uh, we're going to have a lot of showings. Um, I'm putting together a tour right now. I've already 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 got three of the stores on board. We're going to be at the end of March uh, doing a tour and going to uh, uh, most of, if not all of, the stores that we visited. Plus, uh, we're going to have a showing at the Alamo Draft House downtown in Kansas City uh, during the uh, dur during um, our big convention uh, uh, out here, Planet Comic Con. And uh, we're also going to have a showing, um, I'm about 99% sure now, at the Superman Celebration in Metropolis, Illinois. And we also uh, went to Metropolis, and that's briefly in the movie. So we're going to have a showing there uh, at a theater in town there. So uh, lots of cool stuff going on uh, there with the movie. That's really cool. I, I think of, like, putting together a documentary all by yourself. That must be, like, mega time-consuming, right? Hours and hours and hours. Uh, it took me months to archive the footage. I mean, wow. I, I did all Again, I, like you said, I did it all by myself. Uh, we had we came back with 500 gigs of footage, and uh, had about five to eight hours of footage per store, plus a ton of B-roll, uh, plus a ton of uh, you know footage from you know in the car and uh, a lot of a lot of that kind of stuff. So yeah, a ton to a ton to run this through. Wow, amazing. Today, what about you? What's been going on? I'm still working on unpacking my house. <laughs> so <laughs> how many gigs of footage do you have to unpack? What? Sorry. I said how many gigs of footage do you have to unpack in your house? <laughs> That's what I was trying to compare it to. It seems like it's such an easier task, so I shouldn't be so concerned about it. Now comparing it to doing a documentary, I should just put my stuff away. <laughs> Well, you've got a great filing system there in the background to use in case you need That's to right. know, organize anything. There's stuff in there already. It's amazing. And I have to ask you this question. Do you own a Rolodex? I don't know. It just seems like if you have an old card catalog, you should also have... I think a, I might. Like, like, a, like, like, a, like an antique Rolodex. I, and if I don't... Probably one of those teletype machines, too, that spits out the little paper, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I want. That's what I want now. Now I think it's going to have to be my thing. Like, I'm going to start collecting all kinds of old office supplies. That's going to be my new thing now. I think, you know, looking at that in the background, I think you should get, like, a big red hat and just try to make the whole thing look like the office from the, of the SSR in Agent Carter. Oh, that is such a great idea. Yeah, that would totally work. Oh, my goodness. I'm writing that down. Bing! <laughs> Nicely done. 
Well, today has been a math day in my house. Apparently, I'm raising like math geniuses, but like my two older boys were at math competitions today, and they both made like state finals. And oh, it's, it's hey, a that's good. Proud daddy day kind Aww. of thing. Yeah, my uh, my oldest came in like second in the individual competition today, and you know qualified for states. And the other one was you know in the top ten percent. He was like 14th out of like 140, you know, something like that. So it's really fun. It's good stuff. So they know how to add and stuff. So if I ever need to, like, you know, add numbers, I know who to go to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Find the calculator app. Well, I'm just I'm wondering if they're like some sort of you know hybrid creature, like I saw in this movie I saw recently. Speaking of hybrid creatures in movies that I saw recently, let's talk about Jupiter ascending. Yeah. Oh, yay! <laughs> Concerned about this part. <laughs> well, Danae, you have just guaranteed that you get to go first, telling oh. us your opinion on uh, on the movie. But first, I will give a little background. It's Wachowski's new movie, uh, Jupiter Ascending. Uh, it's about kind of the complexities of space commerce and dealing with human beings in the Earth, and uh, how one woman doesn't realize she is at the center of it all, and how she finds out that. She may be more important to the universe at large than she ever knew. Uh, Channing Tatum is in it, uh, as is uh, Mila Kunis, is the uh, the main female lead, and uh, that kind of about sums it up. But today, what did you think about Jupiter Ascending? I would never recommend this movie <laughs> <laughs> to anyone. <laughs> All right, so I was trying to figure out how to like get my thoughts into one kind of general statement, and. Usually when I see a film like this coming up, I'm like, okay, I love fantasy-type worlds where you're going to have different kinds of creatures and just, you know, it's all imagination and such. But this movie, for me, really failed at telling that story and developing the story and inviting me into this world. Um, it was very forced. And even though fantasy movies are, like, unbelievable in a totally, you know, obvious way, um, this one was unbelievable in the worst ways that you make a movie, where, like, the relationships were forced, and the plot development was forced, and it was like a movie that wanted to be really big and cool, but it falls apart so you know, much. It's, it's interesting that you say that, too, because I'll just mention this here, because I think it applies. It was supposed to be a summer blockbuster last summer. It was scheduled to come out last summer as a big blockbuster that, you know, had stars and big action and that kind of stuff, and I think it was obvious to them that it was not going to compete in the summer blockbuster realm, and so they moved it here to March to hopefully, you know, have some eyeballs on it, and you're right. It just, you know, it just falls short at kind of being that big tentpole movie. Yeah, it was disappointing. For many reasons. I don't want to nitpick apart everything because we'd be here for a long time. But Well, we'll get to as many nitpicks as we can. But, uh, Cap, what about your general thoughts? What did you think after coming out of this? Well, first of all, I didn't realize that this was supposed to be a summer blockbuster, but now that you say that, it's, it was a little bit weird to see this in February. And, it, it, you know, ten minutes in, you get this huge, giant action scene that looks like it's just never, ever, ever going to end. And I had, like, pod racer flashbacks, only it was a lot worse than that. And I was, and I was like, and, and now that you say that, I'm like, oh yeah, how, how in the world did this get put out in, in, in February? Can you guys imagine if this had gone up against Guardians? Oh God. <laughs> um, wow, like, like, like I'm, I'm glad they were smart enough to pull it for summer. It's still probably not going to do big guns, but it's probably going to make more money because it didn't open up against anything, and the advertising's been decent on it. Um, 
Oh, it's a hot mess. It's 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 a hot mess. I I I, I did not realize that anybody that I had ever heard of was involved in this until I got to the end and uh, saw the closing credits because I didn't look at anything on this at all. I haven't been in the movie theater in a while. I haven't been reviewing movies the last couple of months. I've I've taken a hiatus on that, working on other things. And uh, Aaron asked us to watch this for the show, so I so I, I'm back to the theater again. And um, I love doing this. I love going to a thing that I know nothing about whatsoever. And, uh, you know, with the title, I assume probably sci-fi epic, but that's about all I have. But then, you know, it could have been not that, you know. It, 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 could, it could have been some kind of, like, uh, uh, like, like really heartfelt, intimate relationship drama about a character that just happens to be named Jupiter and maybe there would be some kind of subtle connections to the universe at large. No, it wasn't, it wasn't anything like that. Um, this... Uh, this movie does not know what it is, and it wants to be everything all at once that has ever existed in the sci-fi realm. It rips off everything. And 15 minutes in, I was going, oh, this is weird. This is ripping off the Matrix really hard. And I didn't realize it was the Wachowskis, and it blew my mind. I got to the end, and I went, the Wachowskis ripped off the Matrix. <laughs> all, all over the... It's, it's bizarre. Um... And the more I thought about it, because uh, I mean they they rip it off in the in the in the obvious visual ways where there's there, there's there's a really really kind of uh, like 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 cliched obnoxious uh, slow motion for just no good reason, and then I started to think about it and I went oh yeah but in story it's also the Matrix because you've got the you've got the person who who like uh, is really poor and lives like a like kind of a kind of a loner life and wants kind of more for themselves and then and like there's got to be more to the world and things seem off and it's just not quite right and then you they find out that they're the most important thing there is in the whole universe and all the way to the whole universe is different than you thought it was and the earth is not quite what what you thought it's not existential but it's in, instead of instead of the existential thing, it's oh, it's a farm and humans are a commodity for these other humans out in space somewhere. But it's still that kind of like reality breaking thing to a degree of of oh, the, the, like like the things work a lot differently than we thought it, it, it did, and we're being like and, and humans are a slave to another race essentially, uh, and, and like that's the Matrix. So like it's the Matrix again, except it's not in any way whatsoever. Told well, uh, I, I like scenes don't logically progress from <laughs> one scene to another. Uh, I couldn't latch on to anything in the first well, twenty minutes. Right there at the beginning, uh, right floor. there at the beginning, it just kind of throws you in the deep end, right? It asks you to yeah. to swim, and you didn't even know you were in water. You know, it's just like right. you're not sure what's going on, and in you know where they're taking you back and forth, and it takes you like half an hour even to kind of get your bearings and figure out you know what's going on. Now, I have to say, done properly, I don't mind that. Like, if you right. can find a way to let me figure it out and feel like, you know, oh, I, this is what this is, then it, then it makes me as an audience member feel smarter. You know, it makes me feel like, oh, I can get this. But this was different. It was done so poorly, it was more confusion than cleverness. You know, it wasn't Absolutely. done purposefully. It was done, you know, haphazardly, if that makes sense. Yeah, I was talking into, like, my little note taker um, out of the movie, and I was like, I don't like to be spoon-fed. I'm not dumb. I do like to see development. But this one, there there are some basics of storytelling that this one missed. So it just seems the whole thing is very clunky. You also have is this to the have... First time, is this the first time we've all, like, not enjoyed a movie? Aaron, did you enjoy it? I, I haven't said my opinion. I yeah. I loved this movie. 
You are kidding me. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I hated it. It was awful. Uh, oh, <laughs> Jesus in heaven. I was about to have a moment. I was about to have a moment. Okay. No, I, I carry I, on. <laughs> one, I didn't believe him for one millisecond. I am too gullible. There was a chance. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is this is awful, and it's awful almost all the way through. Um, I, I there are a few things I think I could find to say good about it, but very few and very far between. And, and maybe we'll get there, but I, I think overall for me, and you touched on this, uh, Cap. It just doesn't know what it is, and I think it kind of wants to be Blade Runner. But it also kind of wants to be Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And, like, those are two such different tones, you know? And you can do sci-fi and be quirky and different and weird and fun. Uh, I think of, like, The Fifth Element, you know, is a movie that I think kind of pulls that off in some, some ways. Sure. But here, it's just, it's just jarring because at one, one time you're in this, you know, crazy sequence about how stupid bureaucracy is. And it's supposed to be this over-the-top, you know, kind of humor thing. And the next scene, it's like world-saving and action scenes. And it's like, what kind of movie are you? And I think overall, it's a part for me. Well, yeah, and, and when you say that you've, that, that you've got scenes that seem like really over-the-top and it's supposed to be funny, I'm never sure when I'm supposed to be laughing or if I'm ever supposed to be laughing. Well, that's uh, what I'm saying. You're not sure as an audience member what you're supposed to be doing. And that's... The major villain guy who's got this like really bizarre deadpan performance. I don't know who that guy is, Aaron. That's uh, that's Eddie Redmayne, who who is just in uh, Theory of Everything and Stephen Hawking, and is getting all sorts of you know Academy Award buzz and everything. Um, so man, that's a real step down for him because that performance was just scenery chewing at its worst. Yeah, it was. It was just really, really strange. And again, I couldn't decide if it was supposed to be funny or not. And then at the end, I decided that it was supposed to be somehow unsettling or something. Yeah, yeah. But it, I, this I never grabbed. Aaron, this is what I think this movie was was trying. I think it was trying to capitalize, maybe, or or maybe I'm just, you know, trying to figure out some something in the Wachowskis' heads. Uh, was it an attempt at capitalizing on all of the recent like teen book? adaptations, because I got that vibe from it real hard. I got a lot of divergence from this. Uh, I got a lot of, of like, uh, um, Hunger Games, but not, you know, good Hunger Games. You know, you know, you know what I mean? Like, like uh, well, the, the, the way they cast just most of the characters really young. I mean, it felt like I expected to look this up and find out that it was an adaptation of a young, of, of a young adult book, book series right? or something. And no. it yeah, I think there is that element to it you, you see with, especially with them trying to draw that that love story together and love that you know that that thing that that twilight just latched onto kind of with that preteen audience about you know the dream of you know finding the 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 being that's not quite human but you know connects with you and guys you know, and guys it was awful <laughs> Well, yeah. and I compared it. I compared it to Twilight when I reviewed it. I mean, like I think some of the some of the writing used Twilight bad. I would prefer Twilight to this any day. Well, you know what? And I can't believe I'm going to say this, but but I agree with you because Twilight, at the very least, is consistent. Right. I mean, I don't, I don't like it. I think that the morality is reprehensible. I think that that, that, that those characters are terrible role models for the, the the you know teen girls that it's aimed at. But at least I know what I'm getting myself into. This movie, um, I think all the relationships, every relationship that it, there were there was on screen was 
lacking in a huge, huge way. And so when they began to emote or show love or care or whatever, you were like going, okay, wait, when did that happen? When did you develop that relationship with that person? There's a particular scene between the, the love interest of Jupiter and, is it Cain? I don't know. Um, by the way, his facial hair and his hair, how they dyed that, I could not get over it. I mean, I'm not a Channing Tatum like major fan or anything, but that was. I mean, there's so many things that to go wrong, right? But like when you're just staring at Channing, you're like, you are just disturbing, and it's not the ears. It is. So, but so much of that movie was like that. So much of it was visually disturbing, like just weird and didn't fit, and and was and felt fake. So much yeah. of it felt like it was you know stuck on, like it, like you were at a you know at Comic Con, and it was you know. Uh, you know, people doing bad dress-ups sometimes. It was it was really weird. Yeah, uh, I thought it looked like a Sci-Fi Channel original movie, and I don't know how yes. they, I don't know how they threw two hundred million dollars at this thing. Uh, and so, and some of the visual effects are, are are kind of spectacular, but then in a lot of I mean, it, it, as, as I said, it is inconsistent in every way. For every like really complex CG space scene that I'm going, okay, well no, this looks okay. There's another one where I'm going, that looks really thrown together. And for every, like, really elaborate, really cool, opulent set, there's another one where I'm like, I just could have done more of that. The directing, the cinematography, and the editing are all just like that. Um, there's there's a lot of places where I'm like, that was an arbitrary and bizarre choice in, in editing. I never criticize editing. Yeah, uh, let's talk about acting. That's one thing we haven't really touched on, you know, with uh, you know Channing Tatum, Mila Kunis, and we mentioned Eddie Redmayne being awful. Um, what, okay, wait, I don't know that I agree with that. I think he was acting his butt off. Well, here's this is my question. Do you feel like do you feel like these actors were um, directed to to be this way? Because like spe specifically Tatum, I felt he was that's the driest I've ever seen him in a role. Like, his personality just disappeared. And he's got tons of personality. Like, he's a funny, interesting guy. But it's just, it, it was so dry. Like, I'm I wondering if that, that was intentional. I'm wondering if there's a combination of, an is of issues here. One of them being, they tried to tell you about their backstory, and they did so just as haphazard as the rest of the movie. So you're trying to learn about these characters. So specifically, Channing Tatum's character is supposed to be this complex guy who um, has this major backstory, and they're kind of giving you these clues to it being this mysterious background, and but you're not really learning the whole story ever. And so he's mysterious and dangerous, and yet all of a sudden, you know, he becomes this love interest. And so everything is just... I feel like, like you were kind of alluding to, it feels like there was a really major miscommunication. There was no source material for this, apparently. You know, this is just a kind of a created thing. So I can see there being so many different voices going, like, yeah, you're a complex character, Chaining. You know, you're both, like, reserved, and yet you want to, you know, love, but you're a lone wolf, but you haven't found your path yet. And I think that every person acting was confused. And I, want, I think for me, um, the guy who whatever, the oldest brother, the more evil brother, what's his name? Eddie Redmayne's the actor, Eddie, but I don't remember the okay, character's oh. name. So he, I feel like he really embraced his character. Like, he was like, you know what, I'm going to get completely into this role. I'm going to completely become this madman who does this thing, and compared to everybody else who's doing, like, soap opera acting, it makes it just jarringly obvious that there's something very strange. That's kind of my opinion. 
And I think uh, Mila Kunis suffered, again, from the split personality thing, too. It's like she didn't know if she was supposed to be comic relief or if she was supposed to be the leading lady. And she just couldn't find a way to make those two things match because she would throw these, like, ha-ha-ha lines out there, and they never worked. They like, never not worked. Not a single one of them. She, yeah, she felt like a complete ditch, but then... And and again, it's kind of it's it's kind of that Twilight thing, or a lot of those a lot of those young young adult uh, uh, adaptation things, where we're told that a character is great at a thing, but we just gotta take the script's word for it because you don't really yeah. see it, uh, you know, you know, actually in the the actress's performance. Um, all the way through this thing, Captain. Uh, captain. Oh, all the way through this thing, what? What, Captain? Oh, what, Captain? <laughs> He's going to come back and just it's all going to catch us up. Uh-huh. Well, we'll see. It's, it's like almost like the plug got pulled. Um, so, I like that movie. <laughs> well, well, that's right. While we wait for Captain to tell us, uh, you know, all the way through this thing, what happened. So tell me, like, if you could pick, like, one kind of moment in the movie, Danae, that really kind of summed up how bad it was. What was the moment where you're like, really? Like this thing? Oh, yeah, I do. It's there's actually there's two of them. Um, or fighting or something, and then uh, what what just happened? He's <laughs> <laughs> back. You oh. went through a time warp, man. You okay. went through a time warp. I've been talking for a while now. Yeah, I had no yeah. idea that yeah. you guys weren't hearing me. Okay, what what's no. the last thing you heard me say? And I'll start again. <laughs> By the end of this movie. Oh, that was it. Uh, oh. oh yeah, it was a while back. Oh, we actually, okay. we kind of decided to move on to like wh that moment in the movie when you knew that it was going to be bad, and there were there were two for me. One was when uh, my biggest pet peeve was happening, which is in almost well, not all movies, but it's when there's so much uh, firepower being aimed at one person who is just armed with skis and a shield, um, and somehow manages to dodge all of the fire. That really was like, oh, that's going to bug me if it happens again. And it happened many, many times in the movie. But there's this one moment when Mila all of a sudden turns on to that, you know, I always throw it around and my compass is mixed up and I just fall for the wrong guy. And I'm like, when did this develop? When we're like forced in the movie this way? Really? There's like no natural progression of any kind of relationship, and that's when I just knew this one's this one's done. This is done for me. Yeah, no, that's a great example of that moment. Geek, we uh, or Cap, we've got two versions of you now. Is either one of them live with us? Wow, this is exciting. Yeah, it's like the Matrix for you real, man. Time travel and cloning and all at the same time. Yeah, you have your own little Jupiter ascending moment. What about for you, Aaron? What was that moment for you? I think as soon as uh, Channing Tatum was on the screen. And, and I, no, I, it just like it was immediately <laughs> obvious to me like that they had really screwed this up. I mean, it just didn't work visually. It didn't work in his performance. Uh, the special effects, um, specifically the computer-generated humans when they're getting flailed around, looked about as fake as could be. It was um, bad. It was it was really bad, and I, I just I knew right away that that we were in trouble. Well, we lost one of the caps. Maybe we'll get the other one back here in a second. Um, I do want to move on here uh, eventually. I did want to kind of kind of get a summary, kind of you know, look at the movie and kind of what you thought. It in and before we do that, in order to do that, I guess I should say something you liked. Could you find anything like you watched this and you you come away with something that you enjoyed? 
good question. Hadn't thought of that one. Probably should have probably prepped for that a little bit. Uh, well, I can start if you want to think a little bit. I think there are just some visuals that were really neat. I mean, there were some beautiful shots and kind of... I think visually it was a appealing, but that can only carry a movie so far. So what about that's you? Exa that's exactly mine. That's what mm. that's what I would say. Uh, it was it was pretty at times, and I will give it this. Even though it failed ultimately, they really did try to put together a complex universe. Like they, yeah. they sci-fi movie will go into all the nooks and crannies and really explore what that universe looks like. And they they really did that. And I think in my mind though, it's like um, you know, like an let's say a shirt you know, or an outfit, and let's say it looks really pretty and the designs are really complex, but it's like falling apart at the seams and it's two sizes too small, you're not going to buy it. You're not going to wear it, even though it looks pretty, and that's kind of, you know, for me what this movie was, I think. Yeah, that's a good summary. I would definitely uh, go into that, too. It, it had a lot of potential, and I think that's what makes it even sadder, is that there was so much potential and so much story available, but they really missed the mark on building relationships. They should have really thought more about maybe cutting out a few of these exterior scenes and really building that universe more. So we wanted to go back, because I don't want to go back to Jupiter Rising. If there's another one, I don't want to go back. Oh, I can guarantee you there... Well, I never should guarantee anything, but I can. I cannot imagine the world... I, where Jupiter Rising is has a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it's uh, it's just. It was rough. It All right, was let's rough, uh, let's take this question while we're while we're hoping, hoping yeah. that Pat gets back. <gasps> Ooh, just maybe he is. In. Maybe we'll see, if see if he's there. Um, What's the cue? Let's go ahead and take this question while we're waiting for him. This is from Steve. Uh, Steve says, "What are your favorites?" What, uh, what are your favorite Wachowski films, aside from The Matrix, considering how bad this film is and what their track record has been? I wonder if they never had any game rather than simply losing it recently. Hmm. So the other ones, Danae, if you don't know, the other movies they made, aside from The Matrix, they made Speed Racer, uh, Cloud Atlas was another one that they did. I don't know if you had a chance to see that. Um, I know I'm um, forgetting some. We do have the internet right before our very eyes. That's true. <laughs> Uh, you could you could look you could look up their movies while uh, I'm talking a little bit about what mine would be, which is Speed Racer. And I know a lot of people hate Speed Racer, but I really liked it. I thought it was fun. I enjoyed. I I think they could make kids movies better than they can make adult movies. I think their sensibility, their visual sensibility, uh, can work really well, especially for you know kind of a younger audience. Um, I am going to in within the question, Steve, and I apologize. Within the question, it says aside from the Matrix, but I don't think I've seen any others, so my bad. <laughs> so I'm gonna have to go with the Matrix, which I really enjoyed. So, all right. Well, Danae, you want to carry on the television conversation then, and we'll just hope that eventually Cap comes back. Well, I know Cap really wanted to talk about um, Agent Carter, so maybe we should wait on that to see if he can come back in. All right, we yeah. can start with, uh, we were going to talk about Backstrom as well. So yeah, we can, so... We can talk about that as well. I saw a commercial for it, and I was like, oh, maybe I should try that, because I like to try on random TV shows every now and again. And I like to have... My TV watching is usually Hulu Plus, so I can kind of pick and choose when and where I absorb my material. Um, and so I gave it a try, and I thought that it was a pretty interesting show. It seems like they may actually be developing... Uh, a different format where it's not quite so cut and dry. They kind of are introducing um, different agencies. So you've got your police work and you've got your detectives and you've got the fire uh, 
department division and all these different things. So that was really interesting to me. But his character <laughs> reminds me so much of House, Dr. House, because he is this character who is... Um, he has a substance abuse problem. In his case, it's alcohol instead of being painkillers. Uh, and he's also really unlikable, very similar to House. So they're trying a, a similar feel to a show on a detective series. So I'm kind of curious how that'll run. Um, and I'm just now getting over the distraction of the guy that does the TV commercials for the auto insurance Allstate. I'm, Dennis Habert? Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> As soon as I heard his voice, I was like, I'll stay. <laughs> More so than Dwight from The Office? Like, that's yeah. not distracting to you that it's Dwight from The Office? I didn't watch The Office. Oh, well, that would explain it then. Yeah. Uh, also, House was a detective show. Even though it was set in a hospital, yeah. that show was a detective show. So, you know, you can see a lot of the similarities for sure. I've watched the first two episodes of Backstrom. Um, I think I disagree with you quite a bit on it. Uh, number one, I feel like it really is derivative. I feel like it feels like every other, you know, oh, yeah. crime's been committed, here are the clues, no, it's this guy. I mean, he's got his little gimmick that he does where it's like, so I'm you. I'm you. And, you know, it's like, and the thing about that is, like, they're hammering that home in even, like, the first two episodes. It's like, we get it. That's his gimmick, you know? And yeah, I, I guess I, I just, I felt like with House... House was, his pain and his grumpiness and his rudeness came from somewhere, and it feels like so far with Backstrom, it's just because he's a jerk. And that's, Have you seen the episode that end, that has the um, the kite? No. I've seen the first two. They're starting to develop him a little bit, which I was, I was thankful for. Um, I would say that because there's not a lot out there as far as like detective film murder mystery kind of shows that I really like, this is going to be one that I like more, but I totally agree with you. There's some cut and dry stuff that happens in every one of them. Yeah. But. And and I don't know I don't know if I feel like um uh, what's it? Oh, Rain Wilson, I think the guy that plays yes. Dwight Backstrom. Rain Wilson's his name. Um I just I'm not sure he's up for the challenge of a dramatic TV show. I, and maybe it's just cuz I'm putting him as Dwight too much in my brain, like that psychological thing is happening. Hmm. But it just, it seems like um, that he doesn't quite have those dramatic chops to pull it off long term. But you know what, this this show to me could be, if it makes it, which it doesn't look like it's going to, the ratings are really low and they're yeah, I noticed that. possibly canceling it. But this show could be like, uh, like you would think of like a USA drama, like Monk or Psych, or something like that, where you don't have to take it seriously. It's yeah. just fun, and the character's fun, and he has his quirks, and he does his little thing where he's like, I'm you. And that's, you know, and, and that's what it is. Because the thing with, like, Monk, that was a pretty poorly made show, but it was fun because it was Monk, and it was Tony Shalhoub, and he was doing his thing, and, and all that kind of stuff. So that's a good point. I think this show could exist on that level without having to be some, like, great television show, you know? Yeah. So... Cool. Captain didn't make it back. No, the captain came back the very next <gasps> maybe, day. Maybe this is it. Maybe this he, is it. He keeps joining, but he, for whatever reason, it's not. It's not connecting. It's so sad. It is sad. We should take a moment. All right, let's all take a moment and believe, just like we believe in fairies and clap and stuff. The cap can come back. Come on, cap. Clap come for on, cap. Buddy. Everybody clap. Oh, oh. He died. It did not work. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Well, we've got about 20 minutes left on this thing, and uh, we'll just keep hoping he comes back. But uh, if not, we'll, uh, we'll all chip in and get him uh, faster internet.
if that's, that's the right. issue. Oh, here he comes. We're clapping again. No. Come on, buddy. Cap for clap. Come on, buddy. Come on. You got this. You got this. Come on, Cap. Uh, oh, man, this is sad. All right, so let's go ahead and talk Agent Carter. And, okay. uh, and hopefully we'll get his... Maybe we can have him, like, in the comments, you know, comment on some of the things we talked about. Um, so Agent Carter is one that I've been watching from the beginning. Uh, Danae, I think you just watched a little bit of it. How much of it have you gotten through? I have been binge-watching. Oh, nice. Over the past 24 hours, I am Agent Cartered up. So Be tell me about your experience. How, how's that been? We're through, like, what, four or five episodes? I think I'm minus the most recent episode. I think I'm, like, 30 minutes in, so I'm not quite 100% up to date. But I'll, I'm really enjoying it. I am, it's interesting. As a, as a woman born into an era of privilege where I'm not treated like Agent Carter is, <laughs> I have to admit it's hard to watch a few times, like, for me. Yeah. There's a couple of scenes or a couple of things that'll happen, and I'm just like, no, you did not just slap her butt. Mm -mm, you know, so yeah. that's kind of an interesting to revisit an era of life, and that um, people that I know lived through, and that was just kind of the way things were. Uh, so that's been an interesting um, emotional connection to the show that I did not expect at all. And I think what, part of it is that they're doing a really good job of embodying kind of that era. And what do you think about the way she handles that stuff? The way she, or even let's say uh, the guy who's on the crutch, you know, handles, you know, the cripple jokes and those kind of things about how they interact with being in that world where it's just okay to make fun of people, you know? Yeah, that's that's true. Um, you know, times have definitely seemed to shift to have shifted, and that's nice to see. In some so, ways, in some ways not. In some but. ways not. But particularly this is the diner scene. If you watch Agent Carter, um, there's a there's a diner where uh, one of her friends works, and in this diner there happens to be, you know, a, male patrons who treat the female waitstaff um, particularly rude, and that has been interesting because it rolls off their back in a way, like they just sort of don't absorb it. It doesn't define them at all. It's just something they have to kind of endure and, and get through. And Agent Carter herself, I think she, being being in the work environment that she's in as the only female agent, you know, she experiences it on an entirely other level where, you know, even her worth as an agent and her abilities are completely overshadowed because she's female only. Just that's the only reason. Um, and so I think because she's strong, I kind of get to be strong too. Like if it really bugged her, I think I'd be more bothered. But she's just determined to make a change. And so that's been kind of fun to connect into for sure. So let's talk. That's, that's, I, you know, I feel the same way. I don't connect to it as a woman because I'm not. What? But, yeah, but I do. But I do see that. Let's talk about the quality of the show. I think this is a really well-made show. I think Marvel has done a good job with this. It's actually really a shame that the numbers are dropping on this one. I think because in many ways, I think it's better than Agents of Shield, uh, which to me can be a little bit up and down and a little bit too, you know, kind of cookie cutter kind of thing. And I, I love the action in this. I love her as an action star. I think she does great in those scenes. Um, she's still completely feminine and completely woman, but at the same time, you know, kicking some tail. Um, I think that's really cool. Um, I love the storylines. Um, I'm also a sucker for the Captain America universe. I love those movies, you know, primary in the Marvel universe. Uh, his stuff is some of my favorites, so I think that's probably part of it too. But I'm having a really good time with this. What about you? Same. Absolutely. 
I love the scenes. There's all these different places that they can go. It seems like when you have a really low budget, you just have a few scenes that you kind of go back and forth. You go home to work, home to work. You know, we've got a diner. We're outside. We're at the dock. You know, so it's a fun adventure that kind of keeps developing. You're at, uh, what's the butler's name? Why can't I think of it? Oh, it's Jarvis. Jarvis, thank you. For some reason, because, I'm thinking Jenkins. Well, because that's another beautiful part of it is it's, you know, it's stark. You know, mm -hmm. and and you know, Jarvis obviously later becomes the pattern for Robert Downey Jr.'s robot. You know, and yeah, and I, I I'm catching some those things, and there's lots of familiar um you know names and things like that. But I I love these action scenes, and I I'm liking the development of the plot. Um, I'm curious how they're going to keep developing it, you know, and how they're going to continue to make it sort of a storyline that we all want to jump in and and keep going with. Um, it seems like they've solved kind of the first big mystery of, you know, where the Stark gear is. And so now we're heading into what's next, you know. Um, so it seems like they're already kind of solving some of these mysteries. They're not really going to let them go for multiple episodes, which I appreciate. I don't like being dragged on and on and on and on and on. Um, so I, I'm excited to keep watching it and see what happens. I'm connected to the characters. But I do have a question, and I'm hoping that um, Captain... Well, we would be here because I have a question about Howard Stark, and I don't know that you know the answer, Aaron. I'm not like uh, certainly as you know Marvel fluent as Cap is, but what what was your question? Well, it's interesting that they seem to be painting Howard as a very similar personality to our Tony that we know and love from the films that have been so popular, and I'm just curious if that's something that was actually part of who Howard was in comic history, or if it's something that they're making that sort of the Stark brand. Does that make sense? Yeah, like if it's, uh, if it's a way that they're incorporating his character from the movies into the TV show or vice versa. Exactly. Um, and you're right, I have no idea. So Man, if you know, if you're watching and you know, please let us know. You can write in the Q&As and maybe give us a little heads up on, on some of the background, because I am curious about that. I haven't looked up uh, any of the details yet. Uh, and this is a question uh, that I had for you, well, you and Cap uh, both, but do you feel like Marvel, where is the line where they get to a place where they're just too pervasive? Like, you know, now not only do you have three or four movies every year that are Marvel movies, now there are three or four television shows that are Marvel TV shows, and they all interconnect, and this world gets big, and, and it's interesting because that's how the comics are. You know, I mean, you can never have too many, but is that true in multimedia, visual media as well? What do you think? I think they're smart to just throw as much out there that, as they can and see kind of what gets picked up and what's exciting and potentially, you know, give little clues in one show to the next show. And maybe that helps to inform a movie that's coming up for people who don't know anything about these characters or storylines. And it's kind of exciting. I feel like it's exciting because it reminds people that there's all this history in all of these written formats and drawn formats that you can go back and you can even get more into if you want to. This isn't just a show that there's no material to back it. There's so much material to back it. So if you want to get into the world, you can pretty much start at your local comic store or connecting with somebody who you know that loves you know these characters and you can learn a lot more. So I think it's a smart thing. It can go too far when people aren't paying attention and they get turned off to it. So they'll have to kind of find that balance. And I think it it can also be one of those things where eventually people are like, oh, there's too much to keep up on. I don't, you know, I'm never going to understand this universe because I can't watch all of this stuff. And I think they're doing a good job of, of not making that 
like literally necessary, but right. that doesn't change the fact that psychologically people might think it's necessary. You, you understand the difference? Yeah, for sure. Like you can pop in on an Agent Carter right in the middle of a season and still have a great ride. That's the important thing of making a show. If you pop in on a story and you're like, oh, I'm missing so much and it's going to make a difference for later out later on, um, I think they can make a mistake. It looks like Steve wrote. I'm going to read what Steve wrote. Sure, I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and pop that up on the screen. It says Howard Stark's comic book version is actually very different simply because the comic Tony Stark is very different from the film. Hmm. Howard was more similar to Steve Rogers and Tony in the comics is more serious, self-deprecating uh, and business-minded. How interesting. Thank you for that bit of information, Steve. So basically, uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s personal character has influenced the Marvel Universe, <laughs> you know, because, you know, that's Robert Downey Jr.'s, you know, cup of tea, is he's able to play that arrogant, self-centered, you know, it's all about so me. So wonderfully. Kind of so yeah, great. he does it so well. <laughs> Such a gift. I, have more of. I think I think what's important um, for any kind of uh, cabin. Are you back, cabin? Cabin? Oh, yeah, man, finally! <gasps> hey! I didn't think it was gonna happen, but there we go. Boy, I kept getting into like this Twilight Zone version of the chat, <laughs> where it was Aaron, your head, and Danae's head, but like nobody was saying anything. So I had to go check and see if you guys were actually still live. I played the you guys are still talking, and like I hear Aaron say like oh, I got these things about Marvel. I love it if Cap was here to talk about it with me, and then. <laughs> And then I leave that, and I come back. I don't know how it finally got, but anyway, uh, hi, I'm back. I, uh, Yay! Anyway. Oh, my Jeez. gosh. We well, have missed you so much. And then, and then Aaron's like, everybody, thanks for being here. We'll see you later. Bye. No, no, no. We still got a little. We still got like 13 <laughs> minutes left, man. So let's, Cap, let's get the uh, let's get the lightning round with you of the stuff that we've, uh, you know, yeah. kind of been through. Uh, summary of something good about Jupiter Ascending. Yeah, I think there was a movie there, Aaron, and I think that it was a movie about the whole idea of time as a commodity. I love that idea. There, there, there's a really cool concept there that I haven't necessarily seen before um, of what if you were on a planet that was actually owned by somebody else and you didn't know it, and... Uh, and, and people were just like arbitrarily picked off and used to help other people be immortal. That's a cool idea. I think some of the visual stuff was okay. Uh, I, I I think that uh, you could have really done some cool stuff with the lizard guy was guys with wings. Like I, there's there's some there's sparks of imagination all over it. It's just it's not cohesive. None of it comes together to make anything. But um, I think there's lots of cool stuff in there. It, it just Never yeah, comes together to make anything. I'm, I'm glad you you echoed exactly what Danae and I said. You know mm. that that was the positive. Was okay. Well, sorry for being redundant. No, no, no. no, no. I'm I'm you glad that you it. added the time as a commodity thing yeah. because that and the fact that there were these sparks of genius because you're absolutely right. Yeah, there's stuff in there. There's that, stuff in there. It's hard for me to be as disappointed by a movie where there's just nothing that works. Like I felt that way about Divergence. I was just like, there's nothing in this. I got I got nothing. Uh, this movie was more disappointing because I could see what you could have made. It's yeah. like my cabinets in my kitchen. I have baking cabinets. There's things in there that you use to bake. I'll put them together to make good cookies. Yeah. Well, actually, I did, but oh, it was oh. an example. <laughs> All right. So then we moved on to uh, television. Have you uh, seen the show Backstrom? Have you watched any no. of that? 
No, okay. I, I haven't had time to do anything but the superhero stuff because there's been so much of it. And so that transitioned us into Agent Carter. Uh, basically, to sum up what we said, we both yeah. are really enjoying it. It's great. We, uh, I think it's possibly even better than Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is just kind of up and down for me, and I've loved every episode of Agent Carter. Uh, we love her. We love uh, how she kicks butt and still is feminine. Uh, mm-hmm. Danae, Danae talked about uh, loving... Uh, a look back into that era about how women were treated and how that's resonated with her. So what are some of your thoughts on Agent Carter as a whole as we're a few episodes in? Well, first of all, not to push anybody's buttons or anything, uh, I don't think this will, but the, the whole the whole sexism thing, I thought they handled really right at the beginning. I think it's been a little bit heavy-handed since then, just just a little. Like, like, like there, there, there's, there's a little bit too much repetition on there, where it seems like the beginning of every episode, we've got to remind the audience that this is an all-boys club and that they're not going to accept Agent Carter. Okay, I get it, you know? Like, like, okay, fine. All I'm saying is have those characters treat her that way and stop using the same line of dialogue to talk about it. That's all I'm saying. Um, it's it's wonderful, and uh, it's doing what I... In a way, it's kind of like Christmas for me because it's what I've been wanting... Marvel Studios to do and, and, and even some other um, some other superhero properties uh, tell, do a miniseries you know best of both worlds it doesn't have to be a 22 episode season and it doesn't have you don't have to worry about getting renewed every time when you have uh, a character like this that works better in a serialized format especially in trying to adapt what the initial format of these comics were I think th- this of everything Marvel's done uh, does the very best job of Creating that feeling of reading a comic book uh, month to month, and um, and like 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 you can do it on this scale, but it doesn't have to be so grand that you have to do all these like fill-in episodes where nothing happens, like Agents of Shield has done. Uh, they have such a driving momentum of that with that show because it's only going to be eight episodes long, and so they know where it's going, and they've got a they've, they've got a full story to tell. Uh, the background stuff uh, in, in in filling in the gaps between uh, uh, First Avenger and um, and everything we've got in, in Marvel Studios now, or Marvel Cinematic now, uh, has just been absolutely fantastic. Uh, it informs nearly every movie. Uh, you go back now and you watch Iron Man 2, it's a different movie. You watch First Avenger, it's a different movie. Um, like, 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 like it, it's, it's, it's giving us a lot of a lot of background inf- and information, but like in really cool, fun, clever ways that I may not have expected. Uh, I think it's just absolutely wonderful. Good. I'm, I'm so glad. glad. Yay! I asked a question, and thankfully Steve is watching, and so I was able to, you know, kind of answer. But one of my questions that I had was about the character Howard. He is yeah. so similar to to Tony, and so my questions were basically like, the comic portrayal of these characters is that how his dad was, and that's how Tony became. And and Steve kind of let us know that actually, the movies Iron Man kind of changed Tony's character, and so the, the recent comics that are coming out, uh, Steve just kind of mentioned another comment that now the more recent ones mimic the film, but the older ones are just a different person altogether, so that was really interesting for me to learn. I've got a bit of a, bit of a pet peeve with Marvel Comics right now. Uh, they are trying to make everything feel so much like the movie continuity that they're letting movies that haven't even come out yet inform their stories. And that's getting kind of irritating. It's like if because like like uh, like Age of Ultron, we know from previews that Ultron is the thing created by Tony Stark, and it's like he accidentally creates a villain. I uh, well, they just we did know that thing. we knew that. I didn't yeah, know we knew that. that. Oh, okay, that so well, crazy. That you know that now. Wait, he did what? 
So, so in in uh, in in Axis, uh, this recent big big major event in Marvel, they did the same thing with uh, Tony Stark having built a bunch of Sentinels, and I find that really irritating because that movie hasn't even come out yet. We've got like 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 movies used to adapt stories from comics. Now the stories are adapting movies, and they haven't even been made yet. Well, so, you know that's a great transition into the final thing that we talked about before you popped okay. back on which is what I wanted to ask you about, which is, yeah. is, is there a tipping point where Marvel has saturated pop culture too much? Is there, is there a moment where there's too many movies, too many TV shows, you know, or, you know, is it the same as written, you know, comic book culture where it can just be as many tendrils as they want, or is there a limit when it comes to, like, visual media? You know, it, it, are people going to get tired of it? Uh, I mean, I, it's a good question. Um, I go back and forth on that. Uh, my, 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 you know, comic book fan instinct, of course, it tells me that well, all, all this stuff existed in comics all at the same time. Why can't you also do it in this other medium? Well, the, the answer, of course, is it, it was it was never as as permeating, and we didn't have the kind of cultural awareness that we that we have about it in in, in films. Um, so yeah, is it is it too much? Are people going to get sick of it? I want to think. That if the quality stays stays high, and if they continue to make the focus on uh, the storytelling and not just on adapting everything and uh, and making a quick buck, uh, that it will that, that they can keep it going for a long time. Uh, but people could get sick of it. I, I think if we don't have enough variety, if I think other companies are liable to make us sick of superheroes on film before Marvel does. I That's think a that great point. I That's think that point. could. I think DC could hurt Marvel. I, I you know, like, like I, I think the, if there is an oversaturation that is happening, that that will happen, it'll be because too many people are making crappy superhero movies, not because Marvel's making too many good ones. I think Marvel being one big giant universe, and you get to kind of pick and choose what you watch from it because they're doing a good job of making it where you don't have to know all of it. You can you can watch what you, just like with comics, you can watch what you like, or you can be like me and be a crazy person and consume it all. Um, <laughs> I think they've done a good enough job of branding it as that expansive universe that it's going to become the expectation, and I think people are going to be accustomed to, well, yeah, Marvel is a studio, and they make as many movies as and, and, and other things as other studios do. The only difference is it's all in the same universe. So I think people are going to become are going to more and more become accustomed to that than they get sick of it and and, and then it's saturated. As long as it's not superhero formula every time, I, I think we'll be okay with Marvel. But I think that other studios could, could potentially hurt it. I think that's a, that is a great point and a great way to kind of uh, bring that conversation around. We've got about four minutes uh, till our hours up. Did either of you have anything else you wanted to mention about Winter TV, uh, about Agent Carter, about any of, of that kind of stuff before we all hit our possibly our favorite? Um, movie trailer from uh, the Super Bowl commercials? Anything? No. Okay. Well, we'll just move on. Did we lose Danae, perchance? No, I'm, I'm no she's here. here. Oh, okay. I'm just being quiet. What? She just does a great impression of a stuck still shot of herself. I, that's what I thought. She just had this big grin on her face, and I was like, did, did something happen? Did it freeze? Um, okay, so... Uh, Super Bowl is often a time for releasing brand new movie trailers. Did you guys uh, have one that stood out to you among those that were released? Even if you didn't necessarily watch the Super Bowl, a lot of them have kind of you know popped up since then. Uh, what stuck out to you? Danae, we'll start with you. Movie trailers? What? Is that something I was supposed to do? Because I didn't <laughs> do that. <laughs> 
<laughs> but so I think today, maybe I forgot to read your, that part. Go on the Super Bowl, then, Danae. Tell us about the Super Bowl. Um, I discovered that Twitter is a fun place during the Super Bowl. There you go. I found my own people there. People, people who, who didn't like, like it. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> and we tweeted. <laughs> what about you, Cap? Did you have a, a movie trailer that was released? You know, during the Super Bowl time frame. Well, that you well first, well, first, I want to put in my two cents about how I feel about the Super Bowl. I like that the Super Bowl is still done in Roman numerals because next year we get Super Bowl L, and I'm just really excited about that because I think that's funny. <laughs> anyway, Cause I, it'll look like because it'll look like Super Bowl with two L's. Yeah. Super Bowl. Oh yeah, that's true. They gotta make sure and not make all the letters capital. That's awesome. Super Bowl. <laughs> It's like French now or something. Um, exactly. I, uh, I, Aaron, I, I didn't really get anything from the uh, TV spots that I didn't. I feel like that I didn't already have from a lot of the, the major trailers. Uh, I'm still super stoked about Jurassic World. That's probably the big one for me right now. Um, I mean, there's you know there's some extra stuff for uh, for like I, I guess uh, I guess Asia Voltron had one, but I you know I. I've kind of, you know, seen a lot of stuff about that now. Sure. Um, but uh, I don't know. I mean, there was a little bit of new stuff with Jurassic World. Uh, that seemed to have really confirmed for us that uh, that uh, Chris Pratt is definitely working with a bunch of dinosaurs. Right? How incredible <laughs> is that? I think that's exciting. A lot of people think it's stupid. I say watch the movie and see what they do with it. I think it's oh, going to no. be uh, Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I'm always watching the movie and see how they handle it. Oh, boy, I can't that wait. me out, man, that he is like, that he is part of the Raptor pack? That's yeah. insane. That is yeah. such a brilliant idea. If it's executed well, it's going to be phenomenal. I think it's cool. It might it might be stupid hokey, but it might also be really fun and good and stupid hokey. I, you know, that's, that's possible. Um, I don't know. I'm so excited about that movie. Uh, and I, I'm getting more excited about Terminator Genesis. <laughs> Mo- j- just because I, yeah, it's tickling a bunch of nostalgia for me, but it doesn't feel like a movie we need or anything. Right. I guess Jurassic World's not either. No, it is, because I always wanted to see a fully working park. So, no, that that, that is a movie. I, I need that movie. Speaking that's of fully working park, uh, that's the trailer that uh, got me the most geeked was for Tomorrowland. Brad Bird's oh, I Tomorrowland. Didn't I didn't you see that You either. didn't see that? Huh. It Wait. looks great, and I'm such a Brad Bird fan, and yeah. I love what he does and the way he tells stories. And I'm just, I'm really excited to see what they do with that. I didn't know anything about that. that okay. Yeah, I'd encourage you. I'd encourage you to kind of at least get that on your radar. It's funny because I'm a non-trailer person. I was just gonna say, yeah. So. Yeah. if you're endorsing trailers, what world? Where are we? <laughs> You know, like, you know, did, did they, we I go did, into the Twilight with Captain whenever he started glicking? Well, that, well, you'll notice that, I said I, I, I would encourage that you get that movie on your radar, not that you see the Oh, uh, that's so. true. Danae, that was the chat where just nobody has anything to say at all. It was, <laughs> it was, a, real, it was a real weird world over there. No, Danae, I never used to I, I, like talk about trailers either, but people ask me so hard all the time, so much to do them, that I finally went, okay, I don't know that I have anything to say, but... I love... I uh, was it two years ago? I think we were talking about doing like movie trailer reviews, where we just make so many assumptions about the film and then find out <laughs> if we were right. Yeah, that Aaron, was. That Aaron was and I did a segment. Uh, we were trying to figure out if we were going to do a segment like that because there's just so much that trailers tell you that are infuriating, and so because I didn't yeah. watch a lot of movies, I could do that because it's like I don't want even want to go see it most likely. 
But I do remember seeing uh, Jurassic World when you guys said that because there's this horrible, horrible, horrible shot of shark and then giganto dino coming up out of the water. It's, it's amazing. Awful. It's terrifying. I don't like it. Also, I'm trying to figure out in my mind how I can, because I can't watch the whole part there. I usually close my eyes because it freaks me out a little bit. It, it's it's psychological. I'm not making thing. fun of Danae. I'm not making fun of Danae. It's okay. No, it's totally fine if you want to. I can take it. I, I'm, I'm like Agent Carter. Fun of that's right. <laughs> you need that hat. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm just why I just took. Wait. Hey, speaking of trailers, have you guys seen the Hulu promotional spot for Agent Carter? that pops up sometimes when you watch other things. They've got like a 20-second spot where they've just compiled every single shot where she's actually wearing that hat as if in the show she never takes it off. <laughs> because nice. in the show, she's worn it maybe three times, and they, yeah. every single second she wears it is in that promo. That's interesting. I haven't seen that. I'll take it's, notes. It's pretty funny. Well, thanks, guys. We have uh, we've run our course. Uh, Cap, it was good to be with you, then not be with you, and then be with you again. Yeah, so, I'm glad I was able to come back for a second. I'm really glad you were able to come back and, and comment on some mm -hmm. of that stuff. Thank you for joining us again. If you're watching, um, you know, live, we appreciate the interaction. And you don't have to. You can always catch up on this and uh, catch up on the event page if you want to see kind of what goes on there with the Q and A and different things like that. Or you can just watch it on YouTube and comment there. That works as well. Um, but we're trying to do this every couple weeks, right, guys? About 3 yeah, o'clock yeah. on uh, Saturday afternoon, every other Saturday. Mm -hmm. uh, so that would be the 21st, if you're looking at the next time. Critic Geek and the Girl will be up for uh, what will be episode 10. We'll be in double-digit episodes. Wow, we should do some kind of special event thing. We should, we should do something that either has to do with the number 10 or X's. Yes, or both. Right. Yeah. Yes, we'll talk about our favorite X-themed uh, uh, pop we culture should do a, Yeah, we'll do an X, uh, X special. Mm -hmm. Not an X rated, but just an X special. Yeah, Thank maybe. you, Cap, for clarifying. Yeah, that's good. Good job. Yeah, not three <laughs> of them, just one. What Cap, means, what Cap means to say is we're not doing porn. We're just, no. just talking about pop culture. No, we're not. No, no we're not. Uh, All right, I'm not going to say the joke that just came to my head until <laughs> you press the stop button. Anyway. There's... Quick, Aaron, stop it. I want to hear the joke. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, for the geek, that's you, Cap. Bye. And the girl. Bye. This is The Critic, and uh, we'll catch you again in a couple weeks. You don't need to understand how pre-collision cameras detect pedestrians in low light. You don't need to understand any of the craft that went into the Lexus ES to feel it. With outstanding connectivity and standard Lexus Safety System Plus 2.0. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Click the banner to discover more. LSS Plus 2.0 and the pre-collision system with pedestrian detection are not a substitute for safe and attentive driving practice. See owner's manual for additional limitations and details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 